Hello to everyone. My name is Jay Hall, as usual. You know I'm someone, co-host of the Hip Hop Matrix Show. Writer for Walks and Choose Bubblegum, Bubblegum, Walks and Choose Bubblegum.com. But here, I am here for a special occasion, actually. I'm here with one of my closest friends, Ag. She reached out to me, and I was, it was an honor, personally, for me to do this, to have a conversation about some of the things that you've been doing with your nonprofit organization, starting with today, right? Right. Thank right. you for having me. Yeah, no problem. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to introduce somebody that you already know, but, you know, <laughs> Charlene Anderson. Hello. I don't think I've ever heard you say my Your full, full name, name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, because I thought it was like, hey, Sha. It's like, you know, people don't know, you know, Sha. It's like, hey, Sha. But Charlene Anderson, creator, founder, starting with today, yes. nonprofit organization, correct? Correct. Okay. And you guys have been established since when? 2014. Um, we were actually founded in 2012, and that was shortly after the uh, death of Trayvon Martin. And we kind of used that um, as a platform to get get started. And then we launched a year and a half later in January of 2014. So Trayvon Martin happens. Right. And you want to start a nonprofit organization or you already had that in the works? I already had it in my mind, but I it was idle. It was idle. Um, the death of Trayvon Martin led me to my first protest. And from there, it's like... I got to do something. Now, where were you exactly? I was in D.C. Okay. I was in D.C. Um, I went to the first protest um, at Howard University. Um, that you are an alumni of. Just had know, to mention, right? You know, this is what it is. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. But, but it was definitely um, a call to action for me. And I think in a lot of people, in my contribution that I wanted to make was you know, helping people um, elevate their lives. Now, here's something that I don't really think that gets explained too much is what exactly is a nonprofit organization because we like to relate it to like charity. Right. You know, when I think of nonprofit organization or people that I know, we think of like, you know, someone's passing something out to me outside of a grocery store and there's a cause <laughs> I need to get involved. And if I donate money, I'm also donating money to a nonprofit organization. Correct. But technically a nonprofit organization can be kind of anything. Like the NFL was a nonprofit organization right. up until so, like a few years ago, right? Exactly. So a nonprofit is just a tax code um um, mark indicator. It's nice. It's a regular business. We're incorporated. We uh, have a corporation and bylaws. Um, it just makes us eligible for tax exempt. We are a charitable nonprofit, meaning that we um, do services for the community. Okay. So when you go that route mm -hmm. and you want to be a nonprofit, is that also kind of would you would you say is also to let people know that we're not like making cash off this per se? Well, you can, you can still be profitable, quote unquote, for a nonprofit. It is just meaning that your your mission is service based, and you know there's some um, there's some some rules around the the money that you make. Okay, rules as in the money's de definitely gonna go to the cause. Correct. Most okay. of the money needs to be going towards the cause. Okay. So how exactly? Does someone, Howard Alone, <laughs> um, I understand the 
anger or the call to action you felt during the unfortunate demise of Trayvon Martin, especially okay. the way it went down. Because you know, you and I talked about it's it for some reason, even though unfortunately there has been a lot of casualties similar to Trayvon later Absolutely. on, but it all kind of for our generation it kind of come back to Trayvon. Like he's our Emmett Till. Exactly, it activated. As far as a lot of things um, that happen, how do you take that from it just being a moment mm. of feeling like I want to do something for like a couple weeks, an outrage that's limited, right? right? To actually going into this is what I, what I want to do, or not to hit you too heavy, is this something that kind of already been in the works in your brain? And Trayvon kind of made you kind of get up off your butt. Exactly, that's what it was, um, and it had already been in my brain. I, my whole life has been service based uh, for my parents growing up, my family growing up. We always did stuff in the community with our church, with uh, homeless giveaways, with you know helping family and friends in need. So I always saw service in my home, um, and I think this was just beginning of a manifestation of that. Um, and Trayvon Martin was just the, the catalyst to get it started for me. What would you say your earliest memory? You say you family did a lot. By the way, I met your parents. They're like the coolest parents. <laughs> so they still it, talk about y'all to that really? day. Like in their barbecue. Like, 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 it was just like, so cool. Like, like your parents are like the coolest folks ever. They were just mine. <laughs> they were just kicking it. <laughs> nothing, nothing had to be PC. Right. Everybody was like, man, we done that. Like, tell you about the 70s like so they were mad cool but what would you can what would you remember for yourself was like the first memory of an act of service that you would you you say you was with your parents when you did right, right 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 um you know when you're a kid and you're you're doing these projects um it took a little while for me to you know really appreciate all that they did so so much but i think one of the earliest memories was making uh, soup for the senior citizens in um, our community, and we called it the Super Bowl. And there was a lady. Um, soup, as in Super Bowl. Exactly, okay, got it, got exactly, it, got it. exactly. Was it during the Super Bowl? It was during the Super Bowl. Who was playing? I, I don't know. I don't it wasn't know. Dallas. So it probably yeah. was Dallas, actually. It was, that it was long, probably, probably. That was a long time ago. Dallas was in the Super Bowl. That's a long, time, long, long time ago. I hear that hate in your heart. I hear that hate in your it's heart. Not, but I'm just saying your facts. You know, uh, so. There was a lady who used her home to literally cook these big old pots of soup. And we would uh, bag it up and take it to people. And one of the ladies um, said that when we delivered it, this was the only meal she was going to have for the week. So it just, it just kind of put everything in perspective where things that you take for granted um, from very early on um, was... It was, it's something it's something that I did. It's something I enjoyed. I felt like it was just what I was supposed to do. Was it something that your parents had did even when they were younger? That I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Um, definitely. You know, actually, my grandmother, um, she owned a a, a barber a beauty shop. And uh, she actually owned two. In in your grandmother owned a beauty shop. My she gra- owned two. My grandmother owned two beauty shops. And... The one, the first one had a grocery store, and so she would use um, help clients get groceries. My mom would help with stuff around. while owning a beauty shop, right? Right, owning the beauty shop. That's such a black thing. That it's is like, very it's black. A, like all of our businesses happen to be fronts for other things, exactly. whether it's legal, or illegal. It's like it's a beauty shop, but we're gonna get you groceries. Exactly, we're gonna be therapists. <laughs> We're going to be all of these things. That's true. And um, my grandmother was an amazing woman. And her legacy, 
you know, still stands in Dallas and, you know, one of the first black women owned businesses in Dallas okay. uh, that, she, that she owned. And, you know, people were in there getting their hair done, but a lot of people were there to ask for advice. A lot of people were in there to, to vent, to, you know, pray after prayer. So I, it was just around me. That's like one of those things that you you see on TV. We kind of all grew up, but we kind of right. take it for granted. Exactly. You know, I mean, I, my grandmother didn't own a shop. She ran the numbers, but still, that was like <laughs> <laughs> same thing. It's same same, 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 same thing. You know, it was, a, it was a black thing like to do, but your grandmother put it in there, and right. those memories stuck with you. Now, it's funny that you bring up that your grandmother was in, you know, had a beauty salon, right. and we'll, we'll we'll get to that. So. You grow up in that, and you see it on these active service. Are right. you recognized that they service, or was just something at the time where you just did something you doing? This something that that I thought was normal. I thought that's what everyone did was take care of people. We, had my my parents would have you know um, their nieces, my cousins in the house, uh, you know taking care of their siblings when they needed. It was always people in our house that we were taking care of, or you know for a stint where people you know were away or sick. Then you know our house was a safe haven. Okay, and so are you doing this throughout like your teenage years and you absolutely. get older? Absolutely, absolutely. And then I think I had just more initiative and more clarity with it. So I helped out with um, we did homeless giveaways to people and uh, Christmas time, um, back to school giveaways. I was always volunteering with different projects, even just around the church. You know, I would help clean up, wash dishes after stuff. And, you know, sometimes people be like, I don't want to do that. It's like, I, I didn't care. Like, it needed to get done. Did it start to become second nature? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so when you graduate from high school and you make that great journey to Howard University. The best journey. The best journey to Howard University. <laughs> are you, is your thought process as a young 18-year-old woman is to, like, where can I do service? Or does it become second nature then where things kind of fall into your lap and you act on it? No. Um, no. I felt like I needed to be, you know, these expectations. It wasn't until later on that I decided... Um, so initially, I went to Howard to do biology and chemistry. Um, I thought I was going to be a what? doctor. What? What? <laughs> what? Wait a minute. I come on, never do this. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. You went to be a scientist, damn near? Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So you, did you, I wanted to be a scientist when I was a kid, but that's because I read comic books and I thought right. that I was going to get superpowers in the lab by accident. Right, right. But you seemed like you was a little bit more focused than I, so you actually went to cure cancer. <laughs> that was your job. Yeah, that's what I thought I wanted to to do. Um, and you know, math and science came very easily to me, so that is what I thought was a natural progression. I never knew you was that good at math. Oh, you know, it makes sense now because every time we go out, you always a person we had to build to. Stop it. <laughs> I, I can't remember taxes, but it's totally fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but um, you know, it was it was at Howard I saw you know black. Inter was introduced to black psychology. So psychology, of course, ended up becoming my major, but black psychology uh, and the way we interact with the world and the world interacts with us is, is different and it has to be addressed differently. Um, and so I knew I was going to be in service to people. And so you were doing that throughout college? Correct. 
and you giving little small examples like but you know but you know but when i told my mom i wanted to switch my major she didn't flip i mean financially she was like why Uh, (laughs) jesus we barely got you there (laughs) real real every black parent is like this is what what are you doing we discussed this can't you just lose your virginity like other women (laughs) but she was like that is who we are. That's who you are. You know, people have been calling you since you was that in family history seventh grade. People calling you asking for advice, and people used to call like ten o'clock, and she was like, "Why do you want to talk to Charlotte?" And she, they'd be like, "Oh, I want to tell her about something and get her advice." It's like Charlotte sleep. <laughs> right, right, right. But you know, also too, I mean, when you go to college, I right. mean, definitely like a black college, right. you come in doing some form of active service. I mean, there are people True. who helped me pass final exams that I, I still don't know their names. Absolutely. But Absolutely. when we see each other doing homecoming, I it's embrace love. them like I because I wouldn't have passed the class without Thank them. You. You're right. Because I randomly ended up in their room. Right. <laughs> they had the answers for us to study because right. they took the test the day before. Exactly. You know how that go, right? Man. So if you take someone like yourself who was already doing that, it kind of like it strengthens what your character already was. Absolutely. I think Howard has um, many gifts that. You know, keeps giving, but one of them is the honing of, you know, service to humanity, you know, and why we need to embrace people um, as they are and see, you know, black people um, as as our equal, no matter where they're coming from, no matter the social economic background, no matter the mental health history, like it doesn't matter. Um, we have a responsibility to to humanity. Wow. And then you come out of college. Do mm-hmm. you say to yourself, all right, I'm hitting the ground running. I'm about to nah. something. <laughs> do I go to work? Or do you come out trying to figure out how you're going to pay your debt? Exactly. Immediately. <laughs> like, how I'm paying for this apartment. Um, so I get this corporate job and, you know. What was your corporate job? Uh. <laughs> when, 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 when they got Nanny coming, what they had you doing? I was, I was, um, I was working in rental cars. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Yo, so they almost hired me, and they waited till I got there to tell me that my credit was bad. They do do a credit. So check, they told right? me, and that was the first time a job right. told me that they told right. me my credit's bad. And so the lady says to me, "Um, you know, we would, we, we, you, I was almost do paperwork, right?" And so she's like, "You know, we would love to um, hire you, but you have these, you know, this school debt." I said, "Yeah, that's how I got my degree." Right, right, and right. And she said, "Well, maybe you can get us a call after you pay the school debt." I said, "With what job?" <laughs> Right? Because you just told that me. That circle. That so circle. you were doing that? Circle. Yeah. So I, and I, I was actually oh. pretty good at it. And I moved up pretty quickly. Um, I became an assistant, you know, branch manager. Um, I worked at the airport for a while. So I honed a lot of skills um, that, that they give you towards actually entrepreneurship. Because you actually are doing, you know, operations and managing staff and, you know, Profit reports. Um, so a lot of that is still stuff I use. I didn't know that. Yeah. But I didn't get a chance to know that. Well, you know. Because they didn't hire me. <laughs> but that's fine. But they hired my friends. Totally, totally okay. Totally okay. So you're working there. Right. Are you, did you, and I'm, I mean this, I don't know how this will land on you. Did you somewhat not have time for service at that point? Because for what I know of that yeah. job, they work you. They do. And so, does that job take up a lot of your time and you're Absolutely. not really doing service? Because what I've learned that when things come to you naturally, right? right. When you're always, 
you don't really think about doing it because mm-hmm. it naturally happens. But right. if you're caught up and you're busy, it can detach you from that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I would say, um, absolutely, I wasn't doing nearly as much as I probably would have um, had I not been working there. And I felt the void. Mm. And, and and when the opportunity, um, you know, the family emergency, basically, where I moved back to Dallas, it's like, I'm not going So you moved back home? I moved back to Dallas for a brief stint. That is tough. And um, I was there for 18 months. But during that time, I started working for another uh, nonprofit, for my first nonprofit. And that's when I knew that I wanted to do you know, community. It enlightened those, it yeah. got those juices flowing again. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I would never go back to corporate. But you were in Texas. I was in Texas. <laughs> so I had to leave. <laughs> now. <laughs> I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. But, you know, um, you know, I, I had the vision for starting with today then. You haven't talked about starting with today, the nonprofit? Okay, so I had the vision for starting <laughs> with today then. And, um, oh, let's go, let's go touch that. But I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I had a name for it at that time, but I knew what I wanted to do. And I would tell people that, and I you know I was excited. You know how you get an idea, you're excited about it. Okay. And you'd be like, hey, Jay, you know, I want to I wanna help people. And, you know, and they were like, how you going to do that? You're not Oprah. This is this is Texas. You don't have no master's degree. Okay. You you don't have this this and that. Okay. And so um, it was really discouraging. And so I came to Howard for homecoming. Came back to DC for homecoming, catching up with friends. And I told one of my friends this, and um, she was like, "Oh, this is a good idea. You should do this. You should get started today. Like, cause it's gonna take a while for you to begin to build it up." Okay. And, and you know, get get in the black, and I was like, okay. She's like, this is what you need to do. This is the website you need to go to. Uh, this is the things you need to. You and need this to is do. at a homecoming, right? Okay. <laughs> she, right. she like giving it to you right there. Exactly. Okay. No, no, I can't do it. No discouragement whatsoever. And so I was like, okay. She just she's like, you gotta get started today, and that essentially brought us. To but when you were home, you were hearing everything on why you right. can't do it. Right. And the only reason I'm putting emphasis on that because you and I had these conversations right. before right. about those of us who come, especially to a college where we come far. Right. 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 And we come from places that are pretty blue collar, that are pretty much like routine. If you I'm know, saying that right. First generation. First generation. College and so when you're like that first generation, and you're, you know, you. And they mean well, right? What you, what I, what I, you and I absolutely, talk about. So what, what I've learned is that they're saying a lot of the kids come from their love for you, and they fear they don't want you to get your hopes up or things of like that. And or they haven't seen it yet. They haven't seen it. They haven't seen it. But there's that part of you that says, "I gotta leave this environment. Like I can't get this started here." I mean, shout out to people who can get it where they are. <laughs> Applaud them because I do see people who are thriving Dallas, and I, I, I admire them. Um, but I needed definitely further ground and um, a, a lot of the beginnings. Of do you think you work better without a net? Do you think that might have something to do with it? You know, a, a swimmer sink? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Because D.C. can be a tough town, especially post-college. True. Uh, you know, I guess that's, that's the irony of it, right? Okay. So D.C. is very tough. But at the same time, it is it brings something out of you, you okay. know. Um, there's like this idea, like cactus, you know, they grow, um, they kind of find the water, and I think. Say so cactus? That's a Texas <laughs> reference because I never grew up with cactus, so I'm I'm like that's a what? <laughs> 
I'm sorry, jiggle who? Okay, so cack is fine water. Right. Well, you know, well, I, I found my people here, my tribe. Um, so you moved back to D.C.? Moved back to D.C. With uh, eight, a plan, eight, though. Eight, shit, no, they have no plan. <laughs> but I thought you said you came home, coming to your homegirl, told you right, all of that. Right, but that doesn't mean that it just happens magically. No, I'm, okay, so. <laughs> no, had no plan, I just knew I couldn't stay in Dallas. Oh, um, okay. So when she hit you, and she hit you with the title of starting with today. Well, she didn't know it was the title until later but on. But she said you need to start today. Correct. What made that stick with you? Because I feel like every stepping stone has to have a starting point. And I feel like everything that we've been through in our lives can, you know, we can choose to let it make us bitter or you can use it as a, a ladder. And I choose to use mine as a ladder. And how we can use these skills, you know, even um, when we're not where we want to be, that we've learned something along the way and translate that into something meaningful. Okay. So you don't come back to DC necessarily like I'm about to start not, you know, nonprofit right. starting with today. Nah. But you knew you had to leave Dallas. I did. So you come back. Mm-hmm. With nothing. Um again. whatever fit in my little car at that time. I packed up. I um flew one of my good friends out um to Dallas and we drove back in the middle of Snowmageddon. So Yo. Yo, yep, 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 yep. Uh, so it was a long two-day journey uh, trying to get, because we even had ice as far south as Arkansas. So a lot of the roads wasn't treated. It was just, it was a lot, but we made it back safely. You literally was heading towards a storm. Yeah. Like, not metaphorically, but literally. Right, like so in life. They, DC had had the first round. Shout out to Jamila. Um, and, you know, <laughs> that, that ride and... We get the, here and it's literally snowing for like the next few weeks, you know, nonstop. So job searches are hard because people aren't even in the offices, you know. I, <laughs> I was yeah. on the radio and me and my sis DJ Heat were the only people at the radio station Man. during Snowmageddon, yeah. and it was it was difficult. Yeah, but the he, first snow like that in hundred years in the city. Yeah, and so, they weren't equipped for it at all. Yeah. At all, the city was shut down um stuff for you know restaurants they still made it happen but definitely those that community here supported me so i got back on my feet okay so after still getting right and low-key like once the snow kind of stopped we were all kind of low-key having fun doing something again like, oh we was having absolutely fights. i just want to point that out but absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. and there's probably some Nine-year-olds walking around now doing something with me, you know. <laughs> right? but that's neither here nor there. Because, like you said, stores were closed, so people wasn't buying <laughs> right. prophylactics. So, you know, it is what it is. But, so, you're here. You know that you have a purpose. Right. Okay? And you still don't necessarily say, or correct me if I'm wrong, I'm about to start a nonprofit. No. But still, you knew you had to be here. Yeah, I was definitely still in survival mode. So, what, so what I actually ended up doing around that time, um, I, had a, I had a little blog, and I... Believe I started it. You got a blog back then? I had a blog. You was one of them? I was one of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was but, that in your blog? Uh, <laughs> what was that in your blog? I don't want people to pull in and be like, oh, this is bad. Oh, you was one of them? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well, let me ask you, what was it about? It was about, you know, my life and, and relationships and, you know, lessons learned. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you can check it out. It's the Mocha Cafe. Please don't hold me to anything I said in my my Growth. We have to let people Growth. grow. We have Growth. to let people grow. Growth. Let me grow. <laughs> okay, this was, this was a while ago. Okay, she just told you her whole story. What she, growth, people. Growth. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah, so... Um, but it was it got me in the habit of writing again. I I enjoyed that, and I think even in that, you know, I wanted to help people. So I think towards that goal, I was like, oh, I want to maybe do a magazine or something like self help, self inspiration, inspiration type um, black magazine, um, and you know, all leading up to the to the nonprofit. So. Were you working and you said, yeah. I'm going to quit and start my own nonprofit? Like, no, uh, working, still working. Um, but what, what would you say? What was the okay? So, did you actually get a chance to piece something together or a project and you did that was totally under your name? Did you do anything that said, okay, this is this is me? Like, what yeah, was it? And, and definitely. And so, when I finally got on my got the job, um, in DC and was working, um, in local government. And I did a lot of community. You got a government job? I did. Local local government. Wait, wait. I I applied. Because I understand what year we were talking about. I applied for local. How come you got every job I couldn't get? And me and you was going through the same stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Because I applied for a local government job. Did you? Yes. They did not hire me, man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about this, man. Um, And actually, it was a person that I had worked with who put me on um, at the rental car place. Because we had worked. He saw my work okay, ethic. Okay. Okay. Um, so he introduced me to one of the hiring managers. I did some testing out, and you know, the lady there was like, "Yeah, come on." Um, yeah, so, I couldn't pass those tests. Those like long government assessment. It tests, wasn't right? an assessment test. Hers was very like, "Do the job. Like, show me your Mine results." Was. Yeah. But. Yeah. Show me the work, and um, so yeah, learned learned a lot there. Was able to do a lot of community events. Um, meet a lot of local um, elected officials, a lot of local um, staff, and seeing how things were done. And I was like, okay, I definitely can do this. I definitely can do this. And so I did. What was the first project? Or did you do a project? The first, the first starting with today activity was two workshops. Um, the first one was resumes, and that's kind of where it started. And did you call it starting with today at that moment or you just did it? No, it was starting with today at that moment. It was starting okay. with, well, it started with a tweet. It started with a tweet. Um, I was hiring for the local government job. I was hiring a receptionist and I wanted to hire someone within that community um, and all the re- resumes were just abysmal. It was like, what is this? So I was like, I put out a tweet. It's like, hey, if you need help with your resumes, let me know. And then it was like 10 responses. And then it was like 20. And then it was like 50. So I, I helped everybody with their resume. <laughs> I helped everybody. Random people with their resume. Random resumes. people um, with their resume. Oh, boy. This is back then. <laughs> we ain't know what Twitter really we was. We really didn't. We, yeah, did. we, did. we had yeah, no yeah. clue what the potential was. So this had to be like 2010, 2011. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to start a nonprofit for. Um, help people with their resumes and then eventually I'm going to add this and eventually I'm going to add that and I talked to one of my uh, another Howard alum and Anthony, shout out to Anthony he was like, nah, start from the end you know what I'm saying, like make it as big 
and as powerful as you want it to be and you'll draw the right people as you move it along and so that's what I did and you know now uh, you know four years later we, we have this um, this beautiful organization but we started with two workshops um, on resume building and you know creating a budget and they were how did that workshop go it was you know people enjoyed it but you know just looking back in hindsight I had, it was not, it was, you know, you had to get started. You had to start somewhere, so. Where did you have it at? I had it at the uh, Glen Arden Public Library. <laughs> you know, I remember. But, but shout out to them because they took a chance on me. I had no resume, had no portfolio at that time. And just like, hey, this is what I want to do. Can y'all, you know, partner with us? And she did in in the uh, area manager at that time. Let me come to all the libraries in her her area and let us do these two workshops and you know we asked for feedback and basically from people who attended feedback is how we began to really get better and I remember skills. you coming back from that right and I remember the look on your face right. and how you felt right. I, I remember you talking about it and you were like you know we were talking to people and we were telling them their resume don't have to be black and white right, exactly and I remember as you were saying it I was like it doesn't because like, I didn't know, you no. know, I, I mean, I, I'm somebody who like a regular person, I do things until someone is like, you don't have to do and, that. And we was doing that in what, 2014 yeah. and now you hardly see uh, just black and white. No, you don't. That's real. I, I wouldn't even think about doing it. Right, no right, right. But exactly. back then when you said it, it was kind of right. like, I was like, really? Right. Uh, so yeah, people, you know, really took to it and you know. Basically, we've grown based off recommendations and referrals, like uh, word of mouth. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited where we are, but I can already see the vision where we're going. So I'm just, you know, even more excited. So you started starting with today. Mm -hmm. You do a couple projects. Right. Um, and I hate, you know, I have to because I'm your friend. I have to point this out. I remember going to the launch. Right. Event, right. Uh, you actually doing starting to today and talking about it. And right. We went to support. I wore a tie for you. And it, it was cold. It was It was cold. January, very cold. It was... I wore a tie for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank I need you. To point that out. <laughs> and I remember, you know, the joy you felt and all of that. Yeah. So you have starting with today, right? right? And you're doing your projects. Not to skip a step because you've been doing small work and you've been, you know, counseling and doing all these things right. with starting with today. You've been working with youth, you've been right. working with young ladies. Right. You even that's have, personal right, though. Yeah, and, and that's something you just right. been doing on the side. That has nothing right. to do with starting with yeah, today. No. Right. But be that as it may, starting with today has been doing small things, exactly. small projects. But let's kind of skip to this nice big project that has kind of been a little bit different. Right. And it it got mainstream attention from other mainstream artists doing it. And I, you know, I, I don't want to say you were like the first person to do it because people have had. There's been an attempt to have shows inside the male barbershop. Correct. I remember Al Sharpton had a show like that um, years ago. And for some reason, never when I watch it, right. I don't really like... I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay. Right. Right? Because... It just they kind of have a setting where there's a lot of celebrities sitting separately mm. from the barbershop while people cutting hair. Right. They're talking about how they feel. They put a celebrity in there. They put a random person. It's like, okay, well, we're in the barbershop. Right. Now, I'm not speaking as being biased. I'm speaking as, as someone who actually witnesses. You actually involve the people in the shop right. to have these conversations. Yeah. So if you could, please, let's talk about the origin of The Shape Up. The Shape Up. The Shape Up uh, is an idea I had 
in late 2017 and it just came to me in a dream you know just a vision and it happens a lot and I was like all right I had just moved uh and I was like it's no way I can tackle this right now you know let me get my get, get my bearings straight and figure things out right you became now. a homeowner <clears throat> <laughs> point that out became a homeowner and um I was overwhelmed you know what I'm saying like I was you know sounds sweet but I was overwhelmed so I said, okay, January, I'm going to pick this project up. It was on my, my goals list. And so I reached out to Twitter. And I was like, Twitter, like, can you, you know, refer me to any black male psychologist in the DMV? Yo, Twitter has been a hell of a resource for you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You are a prime example of when you use social media in a positive <laughs> manner. I just want to say that. But go ahead. And so, you know, I don't have, I'm not a huge, you know, following. So... Um, I, I reached out to a friend who does have a huge following. It's like, hey, can you retweet this? And people start responding, responding. And he actually went to an event. Um, shout out to the Cosby. And he met two male psychologists. And uh, he was like, introduced me, sent an email that night. It's like, hey, you know, Charlie has this idea about this um, barbershop talk series. And, you know, y'all should connect. So... You know, one of them had like a lot of questions and you know, back and forth. And then one was like, nah, this is good. Like let's let's do let's meet, let's like work through it. So um I met with Tariq and we just vibed instantly. Just like similar vision. He got it, his work, his body, his body of work, um, not just as a licensed therapist, but as a talk show host as you know um an author of a book so he already had this you know how to facilitate how to like engage people um vibe and i think what i saw in him uh, resonates too with the people at the barbershop you saw somebody who was able to make that connection right and so do you and him go and have conversation with different barbershops, or you go by yourself. No, or I go by you, myself. Did you tweet an ad to him? <laughs> no, no. Then I, um, I was like, okay, cool. Because the hardest part, I can't go to a barbershop without a black psychologist because, you know, black male psychologists, it's like less than two percent of like all therapists. Really? Yeah. So it's not that many black people in therapy. And um, then it's less of men. Exactly. Exactly. So I had to find that unicorn first. And then I was like, okay, let me find a barbershop. And, you know, I did a couple uh, audits. I visited. And sometimes I just kind of watched how people were flowing inside and out. Um, I did a Google search. And I looked at different barbershops, their ratings, um, how many people were engaged. You looked at barbershop ratings? Absolutely. Like, you know, it's so crazy because when I think about barbershop as a man. Right. Even once upon a time when I had hair. But I, I, get my, <laughs> I get my beard done now. So it's all good. But I don't think about checking ratings. You you talk worried about. I mean, I've been going to right. the same shop since I was an intern. So I figured if a barbershop has ratings, right? It must be. It must be good. It must be good. So I went to the first one, and you know, so many questions back and forth, and emails back and forth, and I was like, you know, just give us a shot. But we didn't have anything to prove it would work. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have like look at this footage. We had nothing, and so um, it didn't work out with them. Say, so okay, let me go to the next one. And instantly, like I knew it was it. Um, I met with the sons, the, the son of the owner first, and he was like, instantly got it, got it, and he was just warm. You know what I'm saying? Just 
a good person, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Being a good person means something. Right. I mean, you know, you can feel people's energy. You can feel like I felt safe in this barbershop. When I walked in, I wasn't treated, you know, differently because I was a woman. I, I was, and I, was I, I didn't want to cut you off, but I know you said it came to you in a dream. Right. But there is something sacred about going into a male barbershop Absolutely. just like it's sacred about going to a woman's, a woman's beauty salon Absolutely. right so when you say like it literally came to you in a dream but you are somebody who is aware of this right and so how did you feel knowing you're about to step as a woman as a black woman you're about to step into this sacred quote-unquote domain nervous <laughs> okay <laughs> definitely was nervous the first time um, and you know, I didn't have it all together. Like I didn't have, you know, full drawn out plan. Actually, I did have a proposal at this time and I thought, okay, they're going to read my proposal. And they was like, you thought the hood was going to read your proposal? Yo, you had so much hope. <laughs> you had so much hope, yo. Because the barbershop that you went to is in Southeast DC. Southeast And DC. we know from us living here. That's and not, DC. and not, you know, east of the Anacostia, Southeast DC. Yeah. Not. New South and, and listen, and to those who don't know, DC has been battling gentrification, and DC has changed since you and I first came right. here as students, and right. now we're living as adults. Right. What's the importance of an area like Southeast DC to you? Like, because you could have went to a DC barbershop, Correct. and nobody would quote unquote know, but right. you decided to go to DC. Absolutely. Because from what I live here, people have always told me the natives had always said, "Yo, there's Washington, right. and then there's DC." So That's you real. went to D.C. That's real. Um, yeah, because, you know, it needed to be real. It needed to be um, where people who needed the most can benefit from it. You know, access to resources, whether it's, you know, mental health or, you know, even the resume writing or budget, financial, uh, understanding credit. Like, any of our workshops, access is a huge issue. So we... Our model is really going to where people already are, serving people where they already are, and and doing it in a real way. And you know, if we want to service black men, then the barbershop is the place to go. Um, me being a woman, a black woman, walking to a a barbershop, you know, it was nervous and intimidating at first, but they really made me feel so warm and welcome. I knew that it would work here, and the owner. Shout out to Dr. Lee for being amazing and understanding the vision. And Dr. Lee is the owner of the barbershop. Right. The barbershop called what again? Lee's Barbershop. Lee's Barbershop. <laughs> Lee's Barbershop. Right. And I like the fact that he's Dr. Dr. Lee. That's, that's what we do. That's what I'm we Dr. Do. Lee. Right. And you're going to call me that. Respect it. Yeah. Because he's surgical. And, you know, his barbershop has been around for 32 years. 32 Ooh. years. You know what I'm saying? In that, in that area. In that area. In that area um, that looks authentic DC you know, for people who who uh, never visited and it um, and when we say authentic DC we're not necessarily saying you went somewhere where there was like a war zone we're not necessarily right. encouraging not, absolutely not. we're just saying like a real part of the city it's right. like people who go to New Orleans and they only go for Mardi Gras exactly. or Essence Fest there's, exactly. a, there's a real New Orleans exactly and DC has a real DC that and we're encouraging and a real culture that we're just saying that you need to check out and that's exactly. what you decided to go to exactly exactly do you think it had any connection to coming up as a little young lady mm -hmm. with your grandmother's beauty salon 
I mean, do you think I'm not someone who necessarily advocates for that? But you think your grandma might have whispered that in your ear? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Because <laughs> you came up in your ground in another sacred area Very true. of of your grandmother owning a beauty salon and right. seeing all these services. I mean, true. Is that a connection? Absolutely. I I, I absolutely um, don't discount that, and you know could very well be the case and I feel the presence of you know people supporting me alive and, and dead is all the time so definitely um planting a seed and yeah I just knew I just knew it would work if somebody just gave us a chance and so you go in there mm-hmm. Dr. Lee is like cool cool you got your therapist yeah. Less than 2% of black men are therapists, right. registered therapists, and right. you found the one. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and so you go into an establishment that's been around for 30 years. Right. So it is a definite symbol in that environment, right. in that neighborhood. Absolutely. Right? What is your purpose? You know, at that point, we're just trying it out. I said, let's do a pilot. You know, let's do one or two sessions, three max, see how it goes, you know. Um, my original idea was to come like on an off day, like on a slow day. And Dr. Lee was like, nah, let's come in on our earliest, our busiest day. Um, come in at our busiest time. Oh, so he encouraged it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that was a driving force. Uh, having Dr. Lee and his barbers, you know, they really helped get it going. Now, I've been... Right? Right. And the reason why I say that is different, not because you're my friend, because it really is a setup of interaction of customers. Right. It really is a setup of interaction of the actual barbers. Right. Dr. Lee is definitely involved. Right. I knew who he was from the start. Right. And meanwhile, while we're in there doing what we do, people are coming there selling you stuff still. <laughs> Like true, it, it doesn't true, stop. True like people things. are coming in and selling you scents, oils, true. gym shoes. You know, it, it it still gets it's still popping in there. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the one thing I like about um, what's the gentleman's name? Tariq, right? Tariq. Yeah. Tariq. One thing I like about him is that he understands the culture, so he keeps going. Like he doesn't pause when right. the oil man is coming. He in. He is a master he facilitator. Still, he still goes. He is really awesome at what he does. He's a master facilitator. Um, and he doesn't get sidetracked by the the distractions, which is really important. Um, and he knows how to draw out conversation from other, from other black men. And I think, you know, the, the, it's been, you know, awesome to witness, you know, people having breakthroughs. I'm not sure if they even realize the term. No, it was definitely a breakthrough when the gentleman was talking about, he'd been with his wife for 30 years and we were having conversation about relationships. And then he said the moment he saw his wife. He knew what is up. Now, in context, earlier, a younger guy right. was talking about how his dating situation has not been going right. right. And he said he got two kids. And he talked about how he has been taking women out. Right. And he take them out to the best of restaurants. Right? right. And I saw myself being a separate generation for him because I come from the era of doing less to get more. Right. So when he was talking about he started off at five-star restaurants, right. I'm looking at him like... Yo, what are you doing? Like, right. we, but but I have to understand that's the generation that he come from. Where he going? And he's and he was making a real genuine point. Point, right? right? That if I'm going all out, right, and then all you gonna do is weigh your option and wait on someone else to do better. Then what's the point of me trying? Right. And then the 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 breakthrough that I saw, and I can be wrong, I can be right, whatever. But the breakthrough that I saw is when that man was talking about being with his wife for thirty years. Right. 
The young boy looked at him and said, so you mean to tell me you get the same satisfaction, same love and attention from the same one for 30 years? And that gentleman looked at him and said, of course not. <laughs> right? Straight face. Straight face, no hesitation, and said, no, but, but we have to work. Right. And we have to be willing to work. It was a breakthrough for me. Right. right. And I, I was older than the young dude, but I was looking at him like, damn. But word. the way the, the man was talking about him before, you think there was been all sweet and roses. I think, and that is, you know, the generation gap from us and then definitely younger than us. Uh, where, you know, it's not. And how do we begin to work through that? Yeah. And you do a good job of standing back right. and letting things go. Because a lot of people come into environments like that and they mm -hmm. become preachy. Right. They want to come and start telling people what they should do. Right. You don't do that. No. But I think you make a point to do that. Am I wrong? No, that's correct. I'm the, I am an observer. I'm a guest in this space, you know. Um, and not necessarily the barbershop because the barbershop is inclusive and, you know, there are women there who are dropping There are definitely women there, yeah. Right, right. And there are, um, there's a woman barber there as well. And, um, but this conversation is not about black women, you know, and it's not about my gripes with black men. You know, it is a love letter to black men and, um, the love, love a love letter. Okay. Yeah. You know, black men have supported and loved on me my whole life. And, but all of those men that have loved me have also have been broken in some way or form. And I feel like where women will talk among themselves and, you know, we do a lot of therapeutic conversations and, you know, um, hair and nail, all these things we do to kind of regroup. Um, I don't think black men have the same, the same uh, access to that. And... You know, if we're going to do it and bring in tools, you know, we have to honor the stories and the viewpoints of black men. So the, the young man scene where he stopped, you know, basically courting women like that, his perspective that he sh shared with us, it it was, you know, so I'm not talking about my personal rights. With, I'm like, I'm giving men space to say that whatever they're feeling, whatever they're going through is valid. Yeah, because I did realize as a man that for my generation... I'm a 90s kid. Right. I came from the era of Too Short. And that might not be, that, that, that might not have been the best. I didn't know that's where we were going. That's how I feel. You know, I came from Too Short and Snoop Dogg. And they was telling me, they was telling me don't love nobody. Right. You know? Right. Not and, quite those words. And what yeah. I noticed, right, not quite those words. <laughs> and what I noticed with the younger generation is that they're a lot more loving. They're a lot right. more talking about Especially their Especially their artists are they're, definitely they're a lot more, more And so it's a, re yeah. it's a reflection of that. Yeah. And, and I have to be able to look, to look at that and not necessarily dismiss it exactly. as, oh, well, you soft. You just softer. Right. You know? Because my upbringing in the culture was flawed. It right. was wrong. Now, they were pretty much also trying to say, too, don't do this so you won't get hurt. Right. Don't get caught up. Exactly. But we didn't have to take it to the max exactly. as, I, as, I, as I did. And I realized that some of them traits still exist in me. And I realized that at the shape up. Right, right. In that moment, wow. my whole life, I'm at the shape up and I'm like, yo. <laughs> I mean, maybe not four star, but maybe one and a half star right. as I should go, you know? Right, right. And, and even for myself, I've learned so much uh, about the way that, you know, I interact with, with other people, with I other women, other other black men, of course, and definitely in my personal relationships uh, where there were gaps, you know. I was going to ask you, what's something in doing the Shape Up series that you walked in that you absolutely had no idea that you're walking out of? I would say the Shape Up that we did on emotional literacy and um, the way Tariq broke it down, um, you know, saying if 
how vulnerable you have to be willing to say that I'm hurt, you know? So usually it's uh, anger or deflection or, um, you know, having these defense mechanisms where, you you know, you say I'm indifferent to things. Um, anything to say other than you hurt my feelings. Like how, how, how much that requires of myself. I think I just told somebody they hurt my feelings years ago. Right. Like, 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 about a week ago. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, 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 I didn't realize that though. Right. Like, I'm realizing that at this moment. Right. And growing up, you know, in, in my hood, like, you can't be weak, male or female, you know? Male or female. You dad is a sign, you, you come pray. Yeah, I don't think my mother ever said I'm sorry. Right. Right. You know, you know being anything a, but being a strong woman right. that she was, I I don't I think my mother has a hard time saying Absolutely. I'm sorry. I would get a gift before I get a sorry. At least you got a gift. <laughs> Shout out to you. At least you got a gift. Uh you know what I'm saying I'm I'm wrong. Apologizing. Uh, all that those things require, you know, humility that our environment, the hood environment, doesn't necessarily give room for. That's a luxury that we don't necessarily give room for. And so what would you say you wanted your love letter to the black male to say? I mean, off top, I can say you matter. Uh, and maybe the next one is we need you. We need you. We need you well. We need you at your best. And these are two. So... You don't necessarily get the vibe, at least I don't, objectively, when I'm in the shape of. Right. I don't necessarily think that I should go there and solve my problems, but I definitely right. go in there with a spark. Right. And I definitely think that mental health is important. Right. And hopefully, I hope people walk out of there with the sense of, yo, I'm acknowledging exactly. what's been bothering me mm-hmm. and I need to go find it. Now, here's something I got to hit you with. You go into the shape up, you having that feeling. Right. But the shit ain't cheap. Is not like uh, just being one hundred with therapy you. Like, let's say you do go into the shape of your life. You know what? I need some therapy. But you go online and you're like, this is expensive. It's expensive. The starting with today, find avenues away for people to make that inexpensive for them. Yeah, I mean, the first thing we we really advocate for is checking with your employer to see if you have EAP, and EAP stands for Employee Assistance Programs. It's pretty universal for uh, larger companies. It's aside from your medical insurance, um, but they typically can give you six to eight sessions for free. So you just go to your, your human resources and say, hey, you know, what are our EAP benefits? Um, and then, you know, we're definitely trying to do more where we can facilitate more workshops, more um, group sessions and referrals to one-on-one um, services to, to lessen that gap and make it more affordable and more accessible. That's good. So, so far, how many shape-ups has it been? It's been five shape-ups so far. Uh, like I said, we was going to do one or two as a pilot, three max, and, and it kept saying coming back, come back, come back. So, we're back, but we're uh, heading to the season finale Okay. Uh, this week, this Saturday. Sounds like a great idea, whoever, you know. Uh, whoever came up with whoever that. Whoever came up with that idea, that was season finale. Sounds like a great person. It is. I can't, I can't think of his name right now, but... <coughs> <laughs> Um, but super excited about it and it's going to continue on, on relationships. Um, and you know, we just basically did a a ask at the last one, like, what do y'all want to talk about? And Dr. Lee said, you know, let's talk about managing relationships. You know, we know how to get into these relationships, 
how do you manage it? You know, I was just telling somebody that I got a lot of advice on how to have a roster of women. Right. A lot. Tons right. of advice. Right. But as I got older and I wanted to make that transition to have, you know, one. Right. It, the advice became more limited. Exactly. And it became more, especially as a black man, it became more of like, all right, have all your fun and then get married. Right. But there was never an understanding on wisdom or a practice on how to deal with like one woman. It was very limited. Right. And right. so... Is that something that the season finale is going to tackle as far as when you think about the idea of managing relationships? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, in in the fulfillment of that and where fun shouldn't stop once you get in a relationship or marriage, you're right. So that's real. Um, and I think, you know, me and you have these conversations a lot about, you know, being able to bring who you are into your relationships, right? And um, so, yeah, we, we're looking forward to doing that. And then just taking a little break to kind of reassess and see what we need to do to expand and move forward and, you know, bring it to more barbershops, um, do more services, and, you know, keep growing. So when the season finale ends, mm-hmm. what's going to be the plan afterwards? Are we still, as far as starting to today goes, are we still talking about, the shape up right. are we still talking about other things like what's next or what's something we can look forward to in that max absolutely i mean look forward to more shape ups in 2019 uh starting strong more areas east of the anacostia and dc and prince george's county uh, so we got some stuff lined up already for then uh, we'll be doing some pop-up events some um more community events so you'll see us at some of your favorite places around the city um, and some of your favorite festivals. Do you guys have any kind of like call and response? Like, for example, if I go to starting with today now, is there something like an inbox I can ask or require of a service that you guys just provide like on a daily? On a daily um, resume building, uh, we always do that. Which um, is needed. Needed, needed, needed. And it's not necessarily daily, but we, we respond to all. That's something you, all, that's a service you guys always have available. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then people who are needing issues, understanding their credit, we'll, we'll do that as well. Oh, whoa, well. whoa. You do credit? Help. <laughs> we teach people how to um, understand how credit works and how to improve their credit. I ain't gonna. I have no understanding. Right. I just know what's bad and what's good, right. but I don't have an understanding. Because we don't really learn until we actually like. When you, you know, say we, you mean <laughs> black, let's, let's, black let's, people? Okay, okay. Let's be, let's be. You know, but um, until things have gone so far bad, you know. But even with that, there's tools that we can move, move the needle towards, you know, that that 800 uh, credit score. So. Yeah, we do that. And that's one of my favorite workshops, to be honest, because there's so many tangible things that um, you can walk away with that one. And um, it's not being taught. It's not being taught in our schools. It's not being taught in college. You can go you get your PhD. You can never learn about credit, you know? No. And so that's intentional. And I feel more intentional when we talk about predatory lending in the black community. And um, I feel like knowledge is power. So we try to have knowledge, but, you know, fun, interactive ways to communicate so your goal for starting with it today as far as being established to offer those services Mm -hmm. is it to be an outlook i mean or something to be constantly like a resource right absolutely to the under two two people who have limited or no resources at all exactly exactly i feel like you know a lot of times we feel like you know maybe i get to a certain point i won't need it but i feel like we always need you know some tools to get to the next place 
So as we'll continue to grow and continue to provide more tools. Yeah, because some of us, we really just continue. I, I constantly keep finding things I just didn't know. Right. And you and I have these conversations about Googling. And, 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 right. and you talk to other cultures and other races. And they, they've been doing this since they were like nine. Exactly. And here I am, grown adult man right. paying taxes. And I'm sitting here and got to figure it out. Exactly. And even that, you know, a lot of times we, we kind of get to this point where we're like, oh, just Google it. But you have to have some context to Google. You That's true, because otherwise you're just getting random stuff exactly, from random people. Yeah. Exactly. So you need to have some context around it, um, you know, that that supports your searching um, and targets your searching. Because otherwise you get lost and you get overwhelmed and you're not doing anything. You, you go back to inaction. So um, definitely providing context, terminology, you know, um, and language. And, you know, communicating in a real way where people feel valued. Um, I think that's, you know, another one I values in making sure, you know, it's not us versus them. It's we. That's true. It's we. We, that's in, true. we in this boat together. That's true. So, I, I, can, I, can, I can rock with that. Yeah. I'm with the we. So how would you suggest that people get in contact with starting with today? You know, any way you want to, you know. <laughs> with consent. <laughs> with consent. Uh, there's definitely startingwithtoday.org. Uh, we're on Instagram probably the most at um, starting with today. You answer DMs. I answer DMs. Okay. We get DMs. We answer them. Um, and Facebook, starting with today. We're on Twitter at starting W today because Twitter is a hater. And then let us have the extra. I, I understand. I have to chop up some of the things right, I'm going to. Right, right. It's, it's just such a nasty world out there. <laughs> People just steal stuff. But they don't even be using it. Exactly. But, you know, um, just go to startingwithtoday.org and all our social media uh, outlets are, are on the homepage. So you can find us and, you know, shoot us a message. Um, follow us. You know, come to our events. And when is the season finale of The Shape Up? It is Saturday August the 25th at 11 a.m. We start promptly. You know, it's black, but this one starts on time. No, it does. <laughs> it does. Because I showed up to one right. with our, our mutual friend right. who got me there late. And right. y'all were done in five minutes. And I was like, God dang it. Like, yeah, no, yeah. you guys start promptly on time. Start promptly. And people are there on time. Right, right, right. People respect it. Right, right. And we end uh, at 12 noon sharp. So, um, therapists, one thing you'll know once you get into them, they charge by the hour. So we are in and out. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so although starting the shape up is going to be in Southeast DC, and right. that's for people who are in the area, and that's Dr. Lee's Barbershop. Correct. Right. And the address to be on your guy's site. And exactly. Stuff like that, right. But you do the services that you just mentioned about resume building all that. That can that applies to everybody. Exactly. Right. So anybody can go to the website, exactly. get information in that, Absolutely. get help and assistance from that. Right? Absolutely. All right. All right. Preach. This was fun. This was very fun. No, this was very fun. <laughs> and it's so crazy because walking through your journey, like my pride for you has grown Aww. even in this journey. Man, man, respect both. You know, I think I think you know one of the benefits of of our friendship is that we see. You know the the work that we put in behind our love for our work. You know, yeah. Um, and the hustle that goes behind it. So, I'm mad respect. I'm totally like like for it, and I totally understand it, and I experienced the shape up. Right. And so I know. Thank you for coming out and supporting. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to the season finale. Yeah. I'm going to the season finale. And, you know, and, you know, when it comes to other stuff, I definitely get my cheat code and I hit you. (laughs) Right. But. (laughs) VIP access. VIP. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's okay, though. I can do that. That's that's what we do. But 
I do appreciate the things that you've been doing because I do think it's needed. Objectively, right. like I do think this is needed. And if there's any other way that, you know, I can help, you know, I'm all for it. But I do want to encourage people to go to all your social media platforms right. and if they technically don't need service to offer help too, correct? Right. On how absolutely. that, right? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. We are always looking for volunteers, for people to get involved, to expand um, our services and our network to people. Um, and, you know, we believe everybody has something something to contribute. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Well, I appreciate this. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Thank you. And good luck with the season finale. Hey. I'll be there. And, hey. And best of worlds with everything else. And make sure you come back to give us an update on starting with today. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure it's, it's about to blow. It's about, it's the only way out of here. It's the only way out of here. It's the only way out of here. Shout out to you. Thank you.